it you suffer with chronic pain? Are you taking risky over-the-counter or prescription anti-inflammatory drugs? Well, there's a better natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals, liquid turmeric liposome complex. Future Farm's liquid turmeric with liposomes and nanotechnology delivers maximum absorption for effective pain relief. Sourced and manufactured in the United States, this product contains 1,600 milligrams of curcumin and powerful antioxidant properties. This plant-based curcumin has been shown to reduce inflammation, block proteins that trigger swelling, and intercept inflammatory pathways, significantly decreasing inflammatory responses. Future Farm offers some of the most innovative products I've seen in quite a while. I use them, prescribe them in my practice, and I'm proud to recommend them to you. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's myfuturephafarm. Myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman Liquid Turmeric Liposome Complex is all natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. Myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. I think you'll find today's subject uh, very, very interesting, something that we haven't uh, touched upon recently. However, our guest is familiar to you. He's Ross Pelton. He is aka the natural pharmacist. Uh, you can find his website, blog, and bio at naturalpharmacist.net. Uh, Ross uh, is uh, a very, very articulate uh, and uh, very, very erudite uh, commentator on natural medicine. Uh, he uh, has a degree in pharmacology, uh, but he's turned his attention to uh, natural and innovative methods. Uh, he's probably best known to you uh, as scientific director for Essential Formulas, Inc., the makers of Dr. Ahira's probiotics. Uh, he's played a major role in educating the world about the importance of postbiotic metabolites. That's a concept that pretty much he's uh, trademarked and he's an expert on. But today we're going to take a, a departure from that subject. And we're going to talk about his latest book, which is a mouthful, Rapamycin mTOR <laughs> and Autophagy and Treating mTOR Syndrome. The book uh, will soon be available. I wanted to give you a preview. You, know, you can pre-order it and we'll give you the information. But it's essentially about uh, a very bold and innovative strategy for anti-aging. And so uh, without further ado, uh, here's Ross. Ross, it's a pleasure having you back on Intelligent Medicine. And you, know, you are someone who's endowed with the ability to make uh, complex subjects very, very accessible to the public. So in this uh, new book, uh, which I've been pouring over, uh, you certainly do a good job of that. And you've really kind of upped my game in terms of understanding this new technology. Well, thanks, Dr. Hoffman. It's, this is a really, really exciting topic. And um, there's actually two main topics in my book. The first topic is rapamycin, which is the most effective life extension drug that's ever been discovered. So that in and of itself is a very exciting story, and I'll talk a little bit about the, the history behind that, how it was discovered. And, but the other topic that's very exciting and very important, Dr. Hoffman, is that about 20 or 25 research, years of research 
of scientists trying to discover how and why this life extension drug rapamycin is so effective at delaying the onset of age-related diseases and resulting in life extension. The, that research has uncovered an entirely new understanding of cellular biology and health and life extension. So there's a, a much bigger, much broader topic than just the life extension drug rapamycin, which is a discussion of the terms mTOR, that's a small m and then a capital T, capital O, capital R, mTOR, and then the other term is autophagy. And these two terms, I hope, will soon become household words for everyone. Right now, they're new, and right now they're new, and they're kind of complex, and it takes a little bit of explaining. But, but this topic really has the potential to improve the health and have healthy longevity and increasing health span, not just lifespan, but increasing health span in virtually everybody alive today. So this is a really important topic that I'm looking forward to diving into and discussing with you today, Dr. Hoffman. Okay. Well, it seems that there, there's a couple of aspects to anti-aging. One is to stave off dying from preventable diseases, you know, the diseases that claim so many lives like uh, diabetes and cancer and heart disease. And of course, those can curtail longevity, but there seems to be something inherent in uh, human and mammalian and you know virtually all animals uh, that takes them along a path towards uh, declining function and aging, what we call aging. And ultimately, there's it seems like it's rate limited. But the strategies that you're talking about uh, not only seem to stave off disease, but actually seem to do something to that fundamental uh, mechanism uh, that propels us towards uh, decline and death, right? Well, you're right. That's absolutely right. And and uh, so what discoveries are showing, and most of the research to date has been on animals, but it's, it's really showing us that this drug, rapamycin, not only slows down the onset of age-related diseases, but in many cases, it actually reverses markers of aging. So this is very exciting. And in animal research, when they start with elderly mice, and start doing therapy with rapamycin. They still get life extension. In female mice, they get 14% increased life extension, and in male mice, it's 9%. But this is starting with elderly mice that are the equivalent of about 60 to 70-year-old humans. So it's exciting that there's a potential uh, life extension drug that is not just going to benefit young people, but also elderly people can start to improve their health and uh, end up with improved uh, lifespan and, and health span. Well, so help us out with this. What is rapamycin? Because I, I know it by sure. another uh, name, Sirolimus, uh, which actually is used uh, as an anti-rejection drug for patients who experience uh, kidney transplants, liver transplants, uh, potentially heart transplants. Uh, and what it does is it actually kind of suppresses the immune response, which causes the organ to be rejected. So, so that doesn't sound actually so wholesome. It, it is immunosuppressive. So how could that possibly be beneficial in terms of longevity? You are right, Dr. Hoffman. And this is one of the, the stumbling blocks for the acceptance of rapamycin as a life extension drug. So let me, uh, before I get into what you've just brought up, let me talk a little bit about 
how this drug was discovered initially, and then we'll evolve into story. talking yeah. about the immune responsive activity of it. So rapamycin is a compound that's produced by a strain of soil bacteria it's, uh, named Streptomyces hygroscopicus. And this uh, bacteria and this compound that it produces was discovered back in 1964 when a group of Canadian scientists made a scientific expedition to Easter Island. Now, Easter Island is out in the Pacific. It's hmm. one of the most remote areas on Earth. Yeah. And so a lot of people have wondered why well, in the world would statues they are the, target those, Easter those, Island those for, giant tiki for a scientific statues. expedition. Right. Yes, it's famous for hundreds and hundreds of monolithic statues that are on the island that were developed by these, uh, created by these uh, indigenous cultures centuries ago. But it turns out that um, horses run wild on Easter Island, and the indigenous people go barefoot all the time. And some of the scientists that uh, were on this trip realized that where horses are prevalent, there is usually the bacterial toxin tetanus. And these indigenous Easter Islanders are going barefoot all the time, but they don't get tetanus. So the scientists that went on this expedition to Easter Island were really looking for sources of new antibiotics and antifungal drugs. Mm -hmm. They took a bunch of soil samples around Easter Island, and when they got back to Canada in their labs, one of the soil samples contained this compound, rapamycin, that's produced by this indigenous uh, soil bacteria, Streptomyces hygroscopicus. So this is actually rapamycin is a postbiotic metabolite. Mm -hmm. It's a metabolite of this strain of bacteria that naturally is found in the soil. So when they started testing rapamycin, they found out that it is a phenomenal antifungal drug. So there was a couple of years of research developing rapamycin as an antifungal drug, and then they discovered that it also suppresses the immune system. So that research on rapamycin as an antifungal drug was discontinued because of its immunosuppressive properties. But then the scientists realized that people that get organ transplants need to be on immunosuppressive drugs for the rest of their life. So they started testing rapamycin and find out that it works much better than many of the commonly used immune suppressant drugs. And so in uh, 1999, the FDA approved rapamycin as a drug for people that get organ transplants to prevent their organ rejection. And uh, you mentioned earlier the brand name for rapamycin is Cyrillimus. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, been marketed for over 20 years as a drug, and millions of people have taken it safely for quite a few years. But nobody really thought about it as a drug that we use in healthy people to extend life extension because the immune suppressive properties is not something you generally prescribe to people that you want to have better health. Right. And <clears throat> also, go ahead, Ron. No, comment so, you want to No, no I, I was <clears throat> going to say that... Uh, there's a tie-in to this mTOR pathway, or the what you refer to as the mTOR syndrome, because the R in the mTOR uh, acronym stands for rapamycin. So the, that's it, right. It, that's so right. it seems and to affect this this pathway that has something to do with the the very process of aging itself. You're right. You're absolutely right. And so when rapamycin gets absorbed into a cell. It binds with an enzyme, 
And they named the enzyme mTOR, which stands for Mechanistic Target of Rapamycin. Now, it's kind of a strange name, uh, but it's just something people have to get used to. It's a new term. And so mTOR is the site of action of this drug, rapamycin. Now, mTOR is a master signaling compound within all cells. And when nutrients are available, mTOR senses the availability of nutrients and it sends a variety of signals to the cell to use these nutrients to build and grow and proliferate, build new protein, build new enzyme, build new cellular components. So mTOR is the signal to make things grow in all cells, in all living cells, not just humans, but throughout nature. And then the other side of this equation, the other part of the story is autophagy. And autophagy was discovered by a Japanese scientist who won the Nobel Prize in 2016 for his discovery of autophagy. And autophagy is, I like to refer to it as the rest phase in cells. Mm -hmm. So mTOR is signaling growth, sending signals to grow and divide and multiply. And, and autophagy is the rest phase. And autophagy gets activated when nutrients are not available to the cell. And through most of human evolution, for 99.99% of human evolution, mTOR and autophagy were in balance. But in the last about two to 300 years, mankind has managed to get the mTOR autophagy ratio totally out of balance, which creates a lot of health problems. And let me explain this a little in a little bit more detail. When people, for most of human evolution, got up in the morning, they did not go to the refrigerator and take out milk and make a bowl of cereal and start to eat. People <laughs> didn't eat three meals a day, a day for most of human evolution. Um, my estimate is that people had to hunt for their food and work for their food. They probably ate once a day and spent four hours digesting their food and spent the remaining 20 hours not taking in food. But now, in the last two or 300 years, we have refrigeration available. We have processed and packaged food and processed food. Food is available all the time. So relative to our ancestors, people these days are eating all the time. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, between meal snacks, desserts after meals, evening cocktails. So calories are coming in all the time. So mTOR is always getting expressed and the cells are always getting the message to grow and build. Autophagy, which is the rest and relaxation and detoxification phase of cells, is not getting activated. So that's the big imbalance that I think is fundamental to all health problems today. We have an epidemic of epidemics. We've got an epidemic of heart disease and obesity and diabetes and cancer and autism and ADHD. We have an epidemic of epidemics. Mankind is sick. And I think that this mTOR autophagy ratio is an underlying factor that is creating a fundamental stress on human cells. And actually, as I mentioned, this is something that's in all living cells. So it's in all animals, all plants. And uniquely, Dr. Hoffman, scientists have now realized that mTOR and autophagy, these regulating mechanisms for cellular biology and cellular metabolism, these were present over 3.5 billion mm -hmm. years ago 
in single-cell organisms when life first began to emerge on life. So these really are critical, fundamental mechanisms that regulate cellular metabolism, and mankind's now got them all out of balance, and this drug, rapamycin, is able to help people get this back into balance. Rapamycin goes into the cell and binds with mTOR and partially inhibits it so that autophagy gets to spend more time functioning and detoxify your cells. And so that's the, the big topic that is probably more important than just the drug rapamycin itself. Well, critically, there are animal studies that show uh, life extension capabilities. And I think some of the studies are in very simple animals like uh, uh, you know amoebas and fruit flies, uh, and then there are studies in, yeah, in mammals, in mice, which show distinct advantages. Uh, but uh, to to my knowledge, there haven't been really uh, extensive studies uh, in humans, partly, partially for ethical reasons. You know, it's like, well, it's a big experiment. You know, we're going to subject people over a period of 10 or 20 or 30 years to take uh, rapamycin, uh, even if they don't have a medical problem. Uh, and you know it's going to take a long time to see the results, right? So, uh, exactly. To what extent has it been uh, tried and tested in humans? Because I, you know, we do have animal uh, experiments where we've cured mice of all kinds of god awful <laughs> conditions, sure. but sometimes it doesn't translate to people. Yes. Well, you are right. Most of the experiments and, and studies thus far have been on animals, but they're starting to do human clinical trials. And actually, the first human clinical trial that kind of opened the door to rapamycin as having potential to improve health and delay the onset of age-related diseases um, was a, a, an experiment that was actually done by a, a lady scientist named Joan Manick. She was working at uh, Novartis, which is one of the big drug companies, and she decided to try rapamycin on elderly adults. And the reason she chose elderly adults is because by the time people are in their 60s and 70s, their immune system is substantially weaker than any individual in their 20s and 30s. Gradually over time, your immune system does get weaker and not function as well as when you were younger. It's called immunosenescence. So she took these elderly people. Yes, correct. So she divided a group of elderly people in their 60s and 70s into four different groups and gave them four different doses of rapamycin. Sometimes, some of the doses were given daily, some were given once a week, and she dosed these people with their doses of rapamycin for four weeks and then stopped the dosing for a two-week washout, and then everybody had the flu vaccine. And that she monitored how people's immune system responded to the immune system challenge of receiving the flu vaccine. Right. And it turned out that the elderly people who were taking rapamycin five mill excuse me, six milligrams once a week got a tremendous boost to their immune system. Now when people take rapamycin to prevent organ rejection or as cancer chemotherapy because it's also used now as a, an anti-cancer drug they're taking it daily and when you suppress mTOR daily constantly you get an over inhibition of mTOR and then you get all the side effects with immune system suppression but if you just give rapamycin once a week or once every 10 days or once every two weeks then you get a partial inhibition of mTOR which allows this detoxification process autophagy to start to function and a wide range of health benefits 
happen because every single cell in your body starts to detoxify and function better. And so there are studies in animals that show that cancer and heart disease and diabetes and Alzheimer's disease, neurological diseases, inflammatory diseases, all types of diseases respond when you inhibit mTOR and allow autophagy to function more effectively. And so this is now the hope in human clinical trials. A, a big trial that has just been funded is called the Dog Aging Project. It's uh, up in the state of Washington and at the University of Washington, and they've gotten funding to test rapamycin on over 10,000 dogs. And animals get many of the same age-related diseases as humans. But dogs are not living as long as humans, so they're going to do the test on dogs and document that, and it's expected that they will see that rapamycin therapy in dogs will delay the onset of many of the age-related diseases, and then there's the expectation that we can extrapolate that into benefits for humans. I think you referred in the book to a crowdfunded uh, study that is about to be underway or just underway uh, that uh, devotes about a half a million dollars to uh, a pilot study in humans. Is, is that correct? That's correct. There is a, a crowdfunded study for uh, human clinical trial, and that is also going to document uh, and, and uh, the attempt or the, the hope is that it will be able to document uh, a delay of onset of age-related diseases. Um, one of the interesting age-related diseases that they're tracking is gingivitis. It's hmm. easily accessible and diagnosed by looking in the mouth. And um, if they can slow down that process in elderly people, that'll be one type of documentation. Eye diseases also happen uh, frequently. People get poorer vision as they age and develop things like glaucoma and macular degeneration. And there's the hope that they'll be able to document that uh, these diseases will be slowed down in aging humans. It's already been documented in mice. Um, they've, they've got good documentation that things like hearing and eyesight are all improved when these animals are put on rapamycin therapy. Is it fair to say that uh, rapamycin is a little bit like a caloric restriction in a pill, that it, it replicates some of the benefits <clears throat> that, of caloric restriction? That's a great question and a great point to bring up, Dr. Hoffman, because, yes, rapamycin is called a calorie restriction mimetic. It mimics calorie restrict restriction mm -hmm. because mTOR that activates the growth signals in cells, if calories are not available, then mTOR is inhibited and autophagy gets time to function. And so rapamycin, by binding to mTOR, mimics the process of calorie restriction. And in fact, obesity is one of the things that is uh, on the radar of scientists who are studying uh, rapamycin and its ability to inhibit mTOR because mimicking calorie restriction will help people um, eat less. It, it suppresses appetite a little bit. I personally have lost about 15 pounds since I've oh. been on rapamycin in over six months. And interestingly, most of the weight I've lost is on my visceral abdominal fat, those oh. love handles around the waist. Yeah. And so that's an exciting thing for me personally to experience, but there's some animal research that also documents this, that it's visceral abdominal fat that is uh, initially where the weight loss comes from. 
additionally, you mentioned actually one of my good colleagues on the West Coast. Uh, he's a very progressive, uh, integrative doctor, uh, Dr. Alan Green. Uh, his nickname is Buddy Green. Uh, I've known him for decades, uh, who in his practice, uh, he has administered rapamycin to his patients. The reason is because rapamycin is not an experimental drug. It's it's approved. Uh, this is what's called off-label prescribing. It's a little bit, I guess, like prescribing uh, ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine for uh, uh, COVID. You know, it's it's available. It's over the counter. And it, you can prescribe it for a different use than for which it was originally approved. Uh, and he has amassed a total of 700 patients who are taking it. Um, he's out in uh, West LA or Santa Monica on Wilshire Boulevard. I've visited his office frequently. Uh, and uh, that, so that suggests that uh, some innovative practitioners are already uh, applying this in their anti-aging clinics. Yes, I actually had a personal conversation and an interview with Dr. Green, and I've got a, a chapter in my book that summarizes my interview with him. But yes, he's got over 700 patients that are on rapamycin, and recently he's actually experimented with increasing the dosage a little bit on rapamycin. Uh, and one of the things I, I really hope my book accomplishes is to provide all the information that will educate not only people, but also medical doctors about the safety of rapamycin when it's used once a week or intermittently to to get partial inhibition of mTOR because the side effects only occur when you have high dosages on a regular basis and get extreme inhibition of mTOR. So the health benefits of mTOR are when it's used periodically and that allows this process of autophagy more time to function and autophagy is a very interesting process dr hoffman it it turns out that our bodies and our cells have the ability to target misfolded proteins and other damaged cellular components and when nutrients are not available when mTOR is inhibited autophagy starts to function and it targets these damaged non-functional parts within cells breaks them down to their component parts and either reutilizes some of the raw materials to build new proteins and new enzymes or it will get damaged materials exited and, and um, out of the cell so it's a detoxification process and I equated autophagy to the rest as a rest phase and, and like sleep and sleep is our rest phase we recognize that but that doesn't imply that nothing's happening during sleep. There's a great deal of biological and physiological activity that's happening during our sleep phase, and that's the same with autophagy. It's a rest phase, but it's a rest phase from the growth signals, but then that allows the detoxification of cells and the breaking down of damaged components and the rebuilding of new cellular components to take place, and that's a really critical function, and I think most people alive today are not getting enough time in autophagy because people are eating all the time, mm -hmm. or at least far more frequently than our ancestors did. And rapamycin will allow people to actually get the benefits of autophagy uh, without having to resist eating all the time. And um, the healthy way that people can do this, Dr. Hoffman, is by intermittent fasting. So having longer periods of the benefits time. of rapamycin with a healthier lifestyle. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. 
You yeah. bet. But there true, are certainly the, a lot of people who aren't going to have the, the discipline to do intermittent right. fasting, and so they can take rapamycin and get all these benefits. Indeed. And true to the uh, the Greek roots of the word autophagy, auto means self and phage means to eat. And so it's self-eating, uh, sort of the body's uh, cleanup crew that gets activated uh, exactly. in periods when you're uh, not... Uh, Putting the feedback on. Okay, it's a good point at which it's to pause. Right. Absolutely uh, true. <laughs> but before before we pause uh, and go to part two, uh, could you mention give people a heads up on the book? The book is very accessible. Uh, uh, Ross Pelton um, breaks it down in easily understood terms, and there's lots of practical information in it. Uh, the book is uh, can be pre ordered. How do we do it? Yes, uh, Life Extension is supporting the publication of my book, and you can go to www.lifeextension.com forward slash R-A-P-A, and that takes you to a website and a page where you can pre-order a copy of my book. Okay, forward slash RAPA. RAPA, R-A-P-A for rapamycin. Cool. All right, Uh, good point which to pause because uh, we're going to go to Part two, I got a lot more questions. We're also going to talk about uh, some natural strategies. We're going to throw in a little bit of a discussion of metformin, which is also referenced in your book as a potential anti-aging strategy. Lots more to tackle on this subject. Our guest, Ross Pelton. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.